You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. The News Talk giant of North Alabama and the biggest show on the air in North Alabama afternoons is this one right here, Right Side Radio. And like the man just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. And I love my audience. And I, and I tell you what, I know my audience. I mean, I mean I've, got, I've got a ton of military and, and, and military dependents and DOD-related individuals out there in the, in the, in the community. We've got a bunch of folks out there that are conservative. We've got a lot of folks out there that are hardworking. And, I mean, this is, this is probably the best listening area in the entire state, and, and, I, and I appreciate you all uh, making this what it is. I did hear today, I'm trying to figure out how we can get the true metrics on what the show is doing, but in the first month, there are those of you who stream online – and I know that. And apparently streaming online has increased for the afternoons at WVNN by 261%. That's, um, that's large. Now, Copper, me talking, I don't know if that means we had two people and now we have five. But, um, but, it sounds, but from what Dale said, it sounds like we got a whole lot of listeners, though, really, on the afternoons streaming yeah, online. it's great. It is great. It is great. Yeah. Well, listen, hey, I want to go to uh, a friend of mine who is on the, the line right now. Uh, I've known Mike Perkins for a number of years. Uh, I love he and his family, his wife, Kim. Um, but, but Mike is a professional, uh, bar none, especially when it comes to HR law. Uh, he is an attorney uh, with a long history of practicing in HR law and in labor relations, but he's the president of Frontline HR Solutions. He's also a consultant with the Labor Relations Institute, a national labor relations firm, He's got a 30-year legal and HR professional uh, experience with undergrad from the University of Alabama, a law degree from Florida State University. He's been involved on the company side of a number of union uh, elections and organization campaigns. So the issue of Amazon is not something he's never seen before. Mike Perkins, welcome to Right Side Radio. How are you, my brother? Hey, I'm doing great, Phil. Great to be with you. Well, thank you, man. I know you're. I know you're in the middle of something for a client. And you've taken time out to be with us, so can't tell you how much I appreciate that. But I did sort of fill the audience in a little bit on the Amazon situation. But um, you know, the fact that they did vote by a two to one margin in April not to unionize, and of course, the the union immediately took issue with that. G- give us the idea of what what does this mean? How does the union go to the appeal process, and what happens next? For what you understand. Yeah, well, Phil, you know, first of all, I think a lot of people were surprised by the margin of victory that Amazon enjoyed in that election. Um, If you had watched the press and just kind of followed it from afar, uh, it really looked like it was going to be a really close election. And um, Amazon ended up, as you said, winning by over two to one margin. And, And so it's not unusual for the losing party in an election, particularly if the union is a losing party, to challenge the election and try to come up with some grounds for overturning the election. And the National Labor Relations Board, who oversees these elections, has a lot of discretion on, you know, enforcing the rules of, of the elections. And so it's, it's, it's not highly unusual to see an election result overturned or uh, the NLRB even has the power to just say, we're going to put the union in there. But um, it, that that's a little more unusual. But to see a, an election overturned is not unusual. Uh, now, a hearing officer has recommended that it be overturned. It still has to go before the regional director out of Atlanta for the National Labor Relations Board. And then there are also appeal rights 
for Amazon or for the union, if whoever ends up on the, the losing side of the regional director's decision, they can go all the way up through um, the National Labor Relations Board, then through the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, all the way up to the Supreme Court. So am I correct in saying, though, Mike, that, um, I mean, we're in the Biden era now, obviously. Has, has, has being in the Biden era created a change in tone for the NLRB, the, the National Labor Relations Board? Oh, no doubt about that, uh, Phil. Um, the National Labor Relations Board is a political body. Um, there are five members of the board. Three of them are appointed by the, by the president's party, whoever, you know, the president in office. And so they serve on rotating terms. And uh, just now the open spots have, are, are being filled by Biden nominees who are very, very pro, pro-union. Um, in fact, Biden has, uh, President Biden has said, you know, I'm the most pro-union president in history. And, and I believe that history will bear that out based upon the, the stands he takes and the positions well, yeah. he takes and the, the way that he is trying to support union organization throughout the country. Well, so as we look at this, um, so here we are with Amazon, and I, and I know Amazon's going to fight it, I would imagine. Uh, do, do you have any sense that Amazon's going to capitulate or enter into some kind of a settlement <laughs> agreement and, and allow unionization under no, certain I've, conditions? Uh, I would be shocked, and I think most people would. Phil, this election has been watched by people throughout the state of Alabama uh, because it means a lot for industrial recruitment yes, in the state or business recruitment in the state. It's also been watched really throughout the world uh, as because everyone had their eyes on this election. Amazon worked very hard to win this election, and as you, you saw, they did win by a very large margin, which, as I said, shocked a lot of people. And um, I, I'd be highly surprised if they uh, they rolled over at this point and said, you know, we're going to give in. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this continues to be fought for a long time at at, at whatever level it takes. Well, and, and that, that could take, you know, a year or more, I would imagine, recognizing the various layers of administrative and uh, an actual legal appeal that they could go through. Um but, Mike, you mentioned something Absolutely. there that I think is very important, and I was trying to enlighten my audience. This, if, if you're listening in the North Alabama area right now on Right Side Radio, you might say, okay, it's a Bessemer story, Phil. It's not a Bessemer story. It's an Alabama story because as we recruit heavily uh, and we compete with other states, something like this postures us in the eyes of those that we're trying to recruit as a state. And, and, and it, it becomes part of the fabric of who we are offering ourselves to other businesses as and uh we are a right to work state mike on, you might Bill. want to define that briefly yeah no absolutely um you know all as i said all eyes were on this because it, you know alabama is a right to work state and has done an excellent job over the last few years of recruiting some some major manufacturers and some large businesses large distribution facilities and um, and part of the reason that a lot of these large companies have decided to locate in Alabama is because it's a right-to-work state and it's not a real union-friendly state. Um, there's no question that the cost of doing business is substantially higher in a union facility than in a non-union facility. And that's not, that's not necessarily pay and benefits related. It has to do with just um, the cost of, of, of labor relations, legal fees, uh, productivity. I mean, there are, there are a lot of factors. And so companies have strategically 
move to the south and, and Alabama uh, because they feel like, you know, they can be more competitive by opening operations in the south. And so, uh, you know, so it, it's very important for business recruitment in the state. It is. Now, have you ever seen, Mike, and I'm curious, I don't know the answer to this. So as we look at this happening, let's say that this particular appeal process for Amazon goes forward. Is it is it at all possible that the Attorney General or anyone else would intervene on behalf of the state and or the Secretary of Commerce and have the Secretary of Commerce General Counsel write an amicus brief on behalf of the state? Does that ever happen? I don't, I don't even know the answer to that. Yeah, and, and Phil, I don't really know the answer, but my guess is that there would be a lot of people that, that became involved. You know, uh, a few years ago, there was a, a huge election in Chattanooga at the Volkswagen plant where the state and the U.S. senator and every a uh, lot of political uh, leaders from around the state worked very hard to defeat that union election because they knew what it meant for the state of Tennessee and for the Chattanooga area and, and industrial recruitment. And so Volkswagen itself wasn't real aggressive because of some, some international issues in fighting the union. The, the political leaders in the local business community worked very hard to defeat that union election and were successful in doing that. Well, and, and, that's, and that's, that's what I anticipate would happen here. I mean, what we don't want to see is, and, and I say that because, when a company puts itself into a certain geographic location where it never existed before, like Amazon moving to Alabama, they came here under the expectation, like you said, that it was a great location for their facility, that they had everything they needed as a company to be viable, to employ a lot of people, but also to make it an affordable opportunity to employ a lot of people. And if the state won't stick up for them after they get there, that could have a, a bit of a taint on the process, and other companies that are considering us will watch whether we get their back, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm sure of that. And and, and I would be surprised if, if the state hasn't either indirectly or directly in some manner uh, provided some support uh, or at least you know encouragement for Amazon. I'm not on the inside of that one, and so I, I can't answer that question. But, you know, it's certainly something that the state uh, and the business community in the state would have a very strong interest in, in making sure that, you know, or hoping that this election continues to be upheld. Now, one one positive point that I will say is that, you know, because of the margin of this election, it, it's going to, it's a, it's a huge uphill battle for the union, even if they were able to uh, attain a new election, it's a huge uphill battle. And, and I've seen cases where, uh, Companies were forced to have a second election, and many times the result in the second election was even more convincing uh, for yeah. the company than the first election because the employees get they get burned out; they're tired of it. Everyone, I mean these 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 elections exhaust everyone. They exhaust the employees, they exhaust the company. Uh, they're expensive for everyone. They're time consuming. They're counterproductive. I mean, production goes down significantly during union yeah. campaigns. And so a lot of times people are really kind of sick of, of the whole issue and ready to move on. You know, well, Amazon brought some great jobs to the community uh, with competitive wages, good benefits, and, uh, you know, it, it's been a real boon to the area. Uh, and so, you know, I think a lot of people realize that. Obviously they do. That's that's why the vote was as strong as it well, was. Well, and I, and I totally agree. Hey, Mike, we're going to head into a break here. Can you hang on through the break? I want to talk to you just a few more minutes about what it's been like to be on the inside of some of these negotiations with you, okay? Okay. Uh, my pleasure. 
All right, folks, we're talking to Mike Perkins. He's an HR specialist with Frontline HR, uh, and he is uh, also an expert in uh, union negotiations. Talk about the Amazon plant, but how that impacts Alabama and how that impacts one of the most dynamic economies in the state of Alabama, which is this listening area. All right, we'll be right back. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams, be right back with you. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, Right Side Radio here. I'm your host, Phil Williams, the biggest show in the afternoons across North Alabama, making waves left and right, and uh, proud of it, and uh, glad you guys are in the audience. Uh, we got listeners that are just the best, and uh, I like to say we're solid, conservative, just plain right, and that's the truth. Hey, we're going to go back here for a few more minutes to my friend Mike Perkins. Mike is the president of Frontline HR. He specializes in human resources law, and he's also extremely experienced when it comes to union negotiations. Hey, Mike, I was reading, by the way, on uh, MSN, Microsoft News. Don't judge me because I, I check all the the different news outlets, but <laughs> I, 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 I know. But uh, I saw on there that a part of Amazon's major claim in their unfair labor practice charge against Amazon and this appeal the union uh, did was that um, the Amazon had uh, asked for the U.S. Postal Service to put an actual post office drop box in the parking lot of the Amazon warehouse, and that was perceived as indicating they may have had unfair access to the mail-in ballots or something. Did you hear that? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, the, the whole thing deals with, uh, there was a surveillance camera and a mailbox was set up and the union's claiming that basically they were surveilling members uh, or employees about whether they voted or not. So here's the deal. Amazon wanted a live election, which is the way that these things are usually handled. They're handled as secret ballot elections live at the facility on one or two days. Uh, but because of COVID, um, the NLRB has basically been mandating mail-in elections across the country. You've heard about mail-in elections, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, uh, yes. So, uh, <laughs> so they've been mandating mail-in elections, and the unions loved it because they thought it would be more friendly to them. Uh, but actually, it's been about the turnout. The results have been about the same as live elections. But Amazon worked hard to make this a, a, a live vote election with secret ballot. And, and the union fought it, and the NLRB ruled that it needed to be handled by mail-in. Well, the mail-in campaign lasted for a month. They had an entire month to mail in their ballots. And so the company always wants people to vote. Uh, it's, it's in their best interest. The more people that vote, the company usually comes out better. And so, um, so Amazon, in an, in an attempt to encourage more people to vote, make it easier for them to drop off their uh, ballots, uh, put a mailbox there right there on the facility so that it would be very convenient to the employees to vote. Um, th I don't know why they put the surveillance camera in. My guess is just for the security of the mailbox. They're secret ballots, so it's not like you're going to see how people are voting. But the union took the position that, well, they're seeing who voted and who didn't, and that's that's surveillance and that's coercive, and, and it's not fair. But I know, wow. I feel confident that Amazon 
didn't put the surveillance camera there to surveil people because they, that's a very no. that's a definitely a no no. In, in fact, it's in a parking lot. People that are organized. Yeah, it's in a parking lot. So I imagine what it really was was a matter of security for the parking lot. But yeah. um, that would, that would be my gotta, guess. And, and uh, you know, yeah. Um, but that was one of the grounds. The other ground was that they handed out anti-union literature uh, and buttons and and propaganda there on the facility, which is very common in a union campaign. Uh, but the NLRB said you did it in front of managers and supervisors so they could see who took one and who didn't, and they could therefore judge about whether somebody supports the union or not. And, uh, you know, that's that's kind of a, uh, I don't know, that's, yeah. a, that's a shot in the dark, but that's what the NLRB hearing officer said. So. Well, let me ask you, and we got about a, about a minute or minute and a half left for this, Mike. But you've been on the inside of a number of these negotiations and these uh, the, the the balloting for a potential unionization. What, what what are the negotiations back and forth like? Do you typically have a long ramp up? Is it is it like uh, something that happens in a short amount of time? And, and and is there a lot of tension? I mean, just give me the quick version of that. Well, they're not they're not a negotiation. They're a, they're a campaign, just like a, a political election. I know what you know what those true are campaigning. Like. So, okay, uh, yeah. But it's a very compact time period. The NLRB is continuing to reduce that time period, which again is very favorable to the union and not very favorable to employers. But it's a very compact time period, usually three to four weeks. And I mean, it's an all-out election war, and you can both sides campaign, and one side comes out ahead, and one side loses, and. Uh, and the loser's not very happy, usually, and that's kind of what happened here. Phil, so at some point, we need to talk about the PRO Act, which is legislation that is pending in the U.S. Congress that will significantly right. change um, the face of union elections and is very, very uh, highly opposed by businesses. Well, I tell you what, Mike, it's, uh, it's a, I'm out of time right now, brother, about that but I may have you back on to talk about that one, too. Man, thanks yeah. for being on the show with yeah. us. Mike Perkins from Frontline HR knows his deal when it comes to HR law and uh, in union uh, negotiations. News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, Right Side Radio. I'm Phil Williams, your host. We'll be right back. Going to talk about some more stuff happening in the news, like, I don't know, eviction moratoriums being issued by the CDC. Wow. We'll be right back. is News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN.